Welcome to the Not the Christ podcast. I am your host, and I'm not the Christ. Today's episode uh, is titled Love Your Wife. And uh, this is an interesting uh, uh, message. This is a message from a live marriage and family conference a couple of years back uh, that I delivered. And the idea is the official marriage rule book. And the official marriage rule book is the Bible. So uh, we're going to go through this message here of uh, how Jesus tells us to love our wives. And it's interesting that the Greek language has different words used uh, for the word love. It's got several of them. In English, love to us means the same thing. I love cookies. I love my pickup truck. I love my dog. I love my wife. And we use the same word for all of them. But in Greek, they actually separate them out. And the word here uh, that we're referring to love in the Greek is an action word. It's a verb, actually. So when Jesus commands us to love our wives, he commands us to take action in this regard. So I hope you like this message. It's a bit longer one today, uh, but I think you'll really enjoy it. I think it'll be beneficial to you. Uh, the word of God never uh, comes back void. So uh, we know that if you dig in, grab your Bibles, follow along, you'll be blessed by it. Before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by the Montana Shadow Foundation. MontanaFoundation.com for more information and to donate generously. Montana Shadow Foundation provides funding to children, families, and organizations who are in need uh, due to child trauma and child abuse. So great organization, Montana Shadow Foundation, MontanaFoundation.com. Let's go out to the study. You guys all got one of these when you came in, and I just want to let you know right off the bat that this is not the official marriage rule book. This is. You probably figured that out. It's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. But um, we wanted you all to have this uh, because it's something that you can not only reaffirm some of the things you've heard today, but also share with others that may not have been able to attend today. And I prayed with lots and cried with lots over the last month in preparation for this conference. And there are a lot of people that aren't here today um, because of the hardness of heart. And... That is truly a powerful, powerful tool against the Spirit of God, is the heart being hardened. So you won't be open to hearing what the Lord might have to say to you about these, uh, about these relationships. Lion's Den. What is Lion's Den? The world we live in is the Lion's Den. You're all familiar with the, uh, the story of Daniel in the book of Daniel, when he was tossed into the den of lions for worshiping God against the decree of the king. And what do we know about that? How, how did he survive this lion's den that no one possibly could? And we know that Jesus Christ walked with him and shut the mouths of those lions, that he was safe the entire time in that den of lions. We know that God brought him through and his faith in God brought him through. Lion's Den Ministries was established for that exact purpose. This world we all live in, drive in every day, is a den of lions. It is the lion's den. This world belongs to the prince of this world right now. We know who runs this world we're in right now, that we're in every day. And we know who, who will rule it eventually. Lion's Den was formed for that purpose. We want to share with everyone we can in any way that we can the fact that 
Jesus Christ can and will shut the mouths of the lions in this world and see you through. Daniel 6.16 says, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he shall deliver thee, and he will deliver thee. Thy God whom thou servest continually. And that is the key. And, you know, I mentioned we ran a little late, and maybe it's fortunate because... uh, Everybody took my Ephesians 5 already, so I don't know what else I can possibly say. Um, but would you all turn, if you still, uh, the page is still in your book after this entire day, to the fifth chapter of Ephesians, please? And could you go ahead and put the, uh, the slide up for me? In the fifth chapter of Ephesians, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus, and in the 22nd verse, you've all heard this. We know. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, one thing Jack pointed out that had bothered me for years, I thought, why do wives get one little thing? (laughs) Right? Submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And then the husbands get this whole list of stuff, right? It didn't seem fair to me. But something came to me just recently that I want to share with you. The entire collection of scriptures is a huge story of one wonderful wedding. Jesus and his bride, which is you, which is me, which is the church. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. So when we look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, what do we see? We see one simple command. Hey, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Simple, right? Okay, let's move on to the husbands. Wait a second, let's not move on just yet. Because who are we? We're the bride of Christ. So we as the church are the wives. So what does that mean? Easy, right? Let's just submit and move on. Why is that so hard? What's the problem with our walk in most instances? It's the lack of submission, the hardness of heart that we talked about. So when you find, uh, um, I I forget who was talking earlier, I think it was Pastor Rick about, hey, how many of you have had a fight that you thought was worthwhile after the fact? You look back, gee, that was a wonderful fight. I'm glad we did that. No, and the reason is, is because we're not submitting during that fight. We're holding the hardness of our heart. We are saying, no, I know better. I'm sticking to my guns. But the reality is, when we submit to Jesus Christ in that particular situation, all of the tension and anxiety just disappears. It truly does disappear. So when wives, you submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord, what does that mean to the literal wives that we're discussing here today as husbands and wives. It means that you are submit to to submit to your husband as we, the body of Christ, submit to our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our bridegroom. Okay, let's go to the next one. In 23, it continues to finish for the wife. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Now let's talk about what submit is just for a second. We have heard many, many studies in our lifetimes, I'm sure, on this section of scripture. Would you go to the next one? The term used to describe what a wife should do with her husband here in verse 22 
is submit. The term actually uses a Greek military term, which is to arrange in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Now, what this means is if you've got a lousy leader, then your troops are not going to follow this schmuck into battle, are they? The idea here is, is that it's a very natural occurrence for a wife to submit. As a matter of fact, I will submit to you, if you pardon the, the pun, I will submit to you the fact that wives are submitting to you husbands right now today. What they're submitting to is the goal you as the leader is leading them into. So your wives naturally will submit to you. That's why it's stated so simply for you. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Now let's move on. Because it's natural for a wife to submit. So if you believe today that your wife is not submitting to you as unto the Lord, it's very easy to say, hey, honey, I'm going to go down to the strip club and have a few beers, but submit, would you? What's she submitting to? Honey, I'm going out with the fellas tonight and I'll be home tomorrow. And I want you to submit. What is she submitting to? She is, I submit to you, and I challenge you to think about, she is submitting to the leadership that you are now providing to her in your life. Let's go to the next one, please. In Ephesians 5.25, he turns to the husbands then. Now let's look at what that leadership actually means. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Right? That's simple. Let's go. No, let's not go. Because this is the verse that we're all familiar with. Love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. Yes, I've heard it a million times. It becomes blasé. How many of you thought of the the horrific events of 9-11 in New York City today? How many of you thought of that today? A few years ago, you thought of it a hundred times each day. It becomes blasé the more familiar it gets to you. The more times you hear about it, it becomes very blasé to you. So we look at this and go, yeah, 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 I get it. But what are we really saying? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I would like to go to the next one, please, for a moment. In 526, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Husbands, I, don't, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'd like you to search your hearts right now and think. Is my wife pure and holy and clean And is she that perfect example of the person that I want to lift up and show to the world with pride that this is the wife that the Lord gave me? If in your heart there's somebody here that can't answer truly and honestly yes to that, are you sanctifying and cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word? Can you go to the next slide for me? 527, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Let's stop for a second. Present her to himself. Not demand her to be, ask her to be, give her a CD to listen to to help her be. Criticize her dress, her friends, her habits. But present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Jesus Christ presented me and you and you and all of us here to himself pure and holy. 
purely on his own actions. We rejected him. We spit on him. We laughed at him. We killed him. We do all of those things today collectively as a society. But that did not prevent Jesus Christ from presenting to himself a pure and holy bride in me. I didn't have to do anything. He did it all on his own. Now, what does that say about how Christ loved the church and how a husband loves his wife? I challenge husbands that you can present your wife to yourself to be exactly what you want her to be, which is what the Lord intended for her to be for you, which is perfect, through your own submission to the Lord, through your own leadership, through washing her with the word. Again, not a show of hands, but, but guys, are you, are you opening the word of God with your wife every day? We're busy. I know we're busy. It's a crazy, crazy place out there. I'm not speaking on kids today because I don't have any experience or platform to do so. My children are three and five years old, beautiful little girls. They're angels. I I have no experience in kids whatsoever. They're great. In five years, maybe my story will change. But the point is, I know we're very, very busy today. But we're told here in the official marriage rule book that we can transform our bride as Jesus transformed his bride through the washing of the water by the word. Are you washing your wife, guys, with the word every day? Are you not only praying together, but opening the word of God, which is, by the way, the way God speaks to us? God is God. We, hopefully everyone here, is secure in their salvation. And if you're not, please don't leave here today without talking to someone because we would really, really urge you to make that decision today. However, everyone here being a Christian knows God is God. But you have friends that say, oh, come on. How do you know 2,000 years ago? Come on, man. Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, who knows? really knows who he was? right? If you don't have Jesus in you, then what witness do you have or translator do you have for the Holy Spirit or conviction in your heart that Jesus is Jesus, is God? Jesus Christ died for our sins, rose again, conquered death on our behalf, and is preparing a place for us. However, there's more to the story. And I have a friend just recently who told me, how do you know what happened 2,000 years ago, man? 200 years ago, we don't really know. Newspapers, we didn't have them. We don't have cameras or movies. We don't know. Jesus doesn't have blue eyes and blonde hair, and he's not six foot three, uh, you know, Lorenzo Lamas or, or whatever it is. Well, you know, what do we have? We have the word of God. And the word of God... God said, okay, everybody, listen up. I'm gonna tell you how you'll know I'm me. <laughs> okay? We don't have movies yet. This is this is way back when. We don't have movies or cameras. We got stone tablets and they're going to decay. How will you know that I'm God? And God answered that question for us. He anticipated the fact that we wouldn't believe or wouldn't remember 
We have short memories, don't we? We have incredibly short memories. God parted the Red Sea, eliminated an entire army right behind them. A short time later, they're saying, ah, man, we don't have anything. They forgot already. God can part the Red Sea and then close it again and kill your enemies. But now I'm thirsty. All right, he can bring water from a rock. Cool, all right. Man, I'm hungry. What are we going to do, right? Okay, manna from the sky. Food flying into camp. What are we going to do? We do not remember things, folks. So God said, I know what you guys are going to do. You're going to forget that I'm God. So I'll tell you what. This is how you'll know I'm God. Because I'm going to declare things that are going to happen before they happen. And then when they do happen, you'll know I'm God because I said so before they happened. You got it? If I told you guys I know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year, you'd say, oh, well, this guy might be an educated prognosticator. But the chances are this. Maybe he's right. Okay, I'm right. Let's say I'm right at the end of the year. The Dallas Cowboys win. Sorry. (laughs) A specific football team wins the Super Bowl. Then you go, wow, Dallas was right. Isn't that cool? Am I God? If I told you who's going to win the next 75 Super Bowls in a row, and I was right, am I God? No, I'm not, but you'd be worried at that point, wouldn't you? And you'd want to call my hotline to get my picks next week. I can guarantee it. But God says, I'll tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Then when it happens, you'll know I'm God. So he does it over and over again to remind us, this is my word, folks. Okay, now I want to try something with you guys here today, if you don't mind. I know a lot of people are kind of shy and don't really get into the interaction type of thing, but I want to try something. I've invented a brand new game for today, okay? It's really fun. It's really easy to learn, all right? So I want you all to try it with me if you would just humor me for a second. Okay, we're going to try it. Ready? Go. Come on. Why aren't you doing anything? Why? Because you have no idea how to play the game. You have no idea what the rules are, what the goal is, or anything else. What astounds me is how many people today want to get married, but don't know the rules or care about the rules or even deny the fact that there are rules or don't want to look at them. And what also astounds me is the people that want to get married and deny there's a God when God created marriage. It's, (laughs) you know... It's like saying, I love basketball, but I, well, that's a bad example. Sorry, I was going to do the Michael Jordan thing. Those of you who know me, I won't do that. But the fact of the matter is, without the rules of the game, folks, you don't have a chance. I was an athletic kid in school, and not real tough, but I could hold my own. So every once in a while, you know, I'll be channel flipping and I'll see a game of rugby on TV and I'll look and I'll go, wow, look at the action here. This is incredible. And I'll watch and I'll watch and I'll watch and I'll think, I have no idea what they're trying to do. Why is it okay to elbow a guy in the teeth, but I can't trip him when he runs by? I, I don't get it, you know? So I've thought about it. Hey, how much fun would it be to go out and play rugby? That looks like a really fun game. My older brother, who moved away uh, a decade ago, has actually played rugby a few times. And I look at him and go, oh, he's going to get killed. But guess what? He met some guys that taught him how to play the game. And when he went out on the field, 
Now he knows what he's trying to do. If I walked out this afternoon to play some rugby, I would just be in constant panic because I would just be, you know, who's going to hit me and why? And I don't, you know, that's how I would be. And that's how a lot of people are in their marriage relationship. Without the rules, how on earth are you not going to have fear? How on earth are you not going to rely on your, your, your machoism? or the mistakes that you learned from your parents or your grandparents or what have you. Without the rules, we are dead in the water. Can we go to the next one? Several pastors today have covered the fact that the word used to husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church is a verb. That means it's a command. It's not the... the, the, the the syrupy feeling you get when you watch the love story movie and you know, your mind goes, oh, why can't I have love like that? I'm not all gooey inside like that. Mine's not that way. Why can't I have that? That's not the love that is translated here. That's not a verb. That's lust. That's a sensual feeling. And some of you may have had that in the past. Some of you may still have it. And some of you may have lost it. But that's not what's being talked about in the official marriage rule book that we're covering today. It's a command. And if I asked you all right now, would you please stand up? Well, you'd have a choice. But hey, if I said, if you all, I'll give you all 20 bucks if you stand up real quick, you'd probably all stand up. But if I said, hey, would you all be six foot seven and Filipino today? How many of you could oblige even if you wanted to? Is there anybody six foot seven and Filipino? Okay. Do you see the point here? You can only be commanded to do something that you have the ability to choose to do. So when we're told husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church, it's not feel syrupy about her. It's love her as Christ loved the church. Jesus came without our cooperation, without our acceptance and purified us to himself on his own volition. Now it is our gift to accept, and we know that. But the fact of the matter is, whether I accept it or deny it, it doesn't change the fact that he did it for me. So you can, husbands, you can do the same. The, we're back on the other one, daily washing of the word. Guys, I, I beg you, Open your Bibles. This is how God said, right here, is how I'm going to prove to you I'm God. Open your Bibles. Sit down with your wife every day. If you only have three minutes, okay. But you pray together. Uh, Honey, I'm taking off now. See you later. Dear Lord, thanks. Please bless us today. Okay. All right. We probably all have daily devotions. Some of us might even have family daily devotions. We like to, at 7 o'clock at night, sit down with our girls, hold hands, and have a short devotion. Our girls' attention spans are very young and, you know, and very short. So we do what we can. But that does not take place, take the place, excuse me, of opening the Word of God together because we're instructed that God will not only prove to us He's God and instruct us through the Word, but this is how we will wash our bride If we're not doing it, then we can't complain about our bride not being pure and holy. 
We can't. Because he says, all right, if you go down to the gas station, and you say, my car won't run, I'm out of gas. The guy says, there's the gas pump. And you go, okay. Hey, my car won't run, I'm out of gas. No, put gas in. Simple analogy, and I apologize for that. But the fact of the matter is, he's telling us, you can do it. Wash your wife with the word each day. This is so important. I beg you guys to do this. Try this. You'll be so blessed if you're not already. Let's go to the next one. In Romans 8.34, I want to continue a little bit now on the subject of how Christ loved the church. We're told to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The statement that my buddy made to me, oh, 2,000 years ago, how do you really know what happened? Well, I have the Holy Spirit in my heart that tells me, that is my witness. However, it brought to mind something else. A lot of people get caught up in this thing. What Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago, wasn't that fantastic? Boy, we should sure be thankful. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen and who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who is even at the right hand of God? It's something he's doing right now. This second, as we all sit here today, guys, Jesus is, let's go to the next one, Jesus is making intercession for us since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ, right this very second, and an hour ago, and tonight, and tomorrow, and yesterday, regardless of whatever you're doing in your mind, or with your body, or in your relationship, or what sin you're trapped in, he ever liveth and always lives to make intercession. So guess what? Everything you're doing, he wiped everything you're going to do away back then. However, can we go to the next one? In Revelation 12, 10, one more please. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Satan accuses us day and night. 24, 7, 365, 10, 100, 1000. Accuses us before God right now. And Jesus intercedes for us right now. The greatest defense attorney that you could possibly have. But he's doing it right now. It's not 2,000 years ago. It's today. So when you think of Jesus Christ and you think of his wonderful gift for you, to you, the gift of the son, the sacrifice. Pastor Darrell talked about the worth of each human being. The value of a human being is worth his son. Every human being is worth his son. That's the worth. But it's not 2,000 years ago, guys. He ever liveth. So he's defending us right now. And we know who wins, right? Amen? We know who wins. He gave us the story. When I'm running out of time on a vacation and I haven't had time to read my book, sometimes I'll just flip to the end and go, all right, I gotta know. We know what happens. Praise God in heaven, we know what happens. So, if we know that Jesus wins, comes back, 
rules from the throne on the earth with an iron rod in righteousness. And we know that right this second, he is making intercession on our behalf. And we know that he wiped away all our sins on the cross. And we know that he's preparing a place for us. We all know that. Is there anybody here that doesn't know that right now? Awesome. If we know that, then let's look at the rules for the blessing he gave us because he did not give us a ball and chain. He did not give us the buffoon that you see on primetime television. Every husband, you see, because women spend the most money in this country, marketing, entertainment, and storylines are all geared toward women. So what they're saying to women in the country in these shows is, your husband's a buffoon, you make the decisions, you're the smart, pretty one, he's an idiot. That's what the media says. And the world will buy that. But the fact of the matter is, God says, she'll submit to you guys. And she is right now. You don't have to be a godly man in order for your wife to submit to you. She's submitting to you right now. The question is, is where are you leading her? Because you are indeed leading her wherever it is you guys are going. So I just want to wrap up real quick, and I just want to say this. What I've been trying to share with you today is a gift that God has given me. And this is not intended to be patting myself on the back or tooting my own horn. But God has given me the gift that I truly love my wife. I do. I love my wife. There was a time when I wasn't so sure. But God gave me this gift. And the way I got this gift was he opened my eyes to the rules. And he told me, Dallas, if you submit to me, and you love her like Jesus loved you, meaning living for her selflessly, patiently teaching her, dying for her, taking responsibility for all of her shortcomings. That's the biggie. My wife and I took the girls to the swap meet a few weeks ago. I had on some shorts with one pocket, and I had my wallet there, and I said, honey, hold my keys. So she said, okay. She took my keys. We're walking around and we bought some stuff. And the end of the day, it was, all right, where's my keys? Uh, and you guys know the search through the purse, right? Everything in the world was in there except my keys. So it turns out my keys were lost. I thought, hey, my job as a husband is to take responsibility for her shortcomings. So I said, sweetie, don't worry about it. It happens, Okay. It happens. We'll get the keys replaced. No big deal. Wait, wait. You guys think I'm an angel. I'm not done yet. We'll get the keys replaced. Everything will be fine. Okay. So I go down the next morning to the dealership and I say, I want to, I need to get my, my truck rekeyed. We've lost the only key. So you go to go see that guy over there. Okay. So I'm waiting. When I see the guy, he comes over and he walks up and he says, can I help you, sir? And I said, yeah, my wife lost my keys, man. And he goes, oh, okay, so you need a key, right? What he's saying was, I don't care, right? So who was I helping with that blame? Who was I helping announcing, my wife lost my keys? It's not me, right? 
I'm going to take responsibility for my wife's shortcomings. That wasn't her shortcoming. Had I been responsible enough, I would have wore pants with enough pockets to carry the stuff I needed in the first place, right? If you want to go back far enough. But the point is, it, it, it hit me right between the eyes that day. Wait a second. Jesus didn't say he did it. Jesus said, I got it, right? I got it, man. Doesn't matter what you did. I got it. Nope, I got it. Got that too, right? Had a little event this morning, same thing. I was going to tangitize in a different area today, but same thing this morning happened. I made a, a huge mistake, and when it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, right here in this building this morning, coming here to tell you guys about how to be a great husband, I did it again. I did it again. I stood there, I looked at her with that look that she has known for years. That means, you're so worthless. What is wrong with you? Right? Whose job was it to do that thing this morning? It was mine. Had nothing to do with her. But guess what? It was so easy, man. There was the opportunity. Come on, Dallas. Put it on her, man. You know? You'll look better. You'll look more organized and responsible if everybody around right now knows she did it and not you, right? So I said, you know, uh, and people were looking at me. And it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It was very tough. The point of all of that is to not only reiterate what we've said, but also the fact that none of us are here today to tell you that Daryl or Skip or Rick, or Jack, or myself, or Bill, or anybody here knows anything. We're here to tell you that he knows. And he told us. And this is the only thing that matters in your marriage relationship. Because if you don't follow the rules, you've heard the stats of 50%. 50%? I have two little daughters. Does that mean one fails? I, I'm not happy with that. I, I refuse to accept that. I refuse to accept that. And the gift that God gave me is that I love my wife. And how do I love my wife? Because I love my wife. And by loving my wife, I love my wife. Do I need to go on with that? I mean, it really is astounding that by loving my wife, he gave me love for my wife. We like to give little uh, fighting fish to the, to the kids we go to the birthday parties on Saturdays. You, 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 those of you that have kids and young kids know that three out of four weekends you're going to somebody's birthday party. And we like to give those little fighting fish, you know, they're kind of a neat gift. And we, we ran into one of, the, uh, one of the kids not long ago. I said, hey, How's your fish? Oh, he died. Oh, he did? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, yeah, you know, I I wasn't feeding him. I wasn't feeding him. (laughs) He died. People talk about we're divorcing because we don't love each other anymore. You know? We don't love each other anymore. There's nothing we can do. It's out of our hands. We don't love each other anymore. There's an easy fix for that. Start loving each other. It's a command. It's a verb. It's a verb. You guys have heard it all today over and over. But you know what? It's a choice. 
Don't be fooled by the illusion that love is this magical sparkle dust that you can capture for a moment that just, that just runs away from you. Don't be fooled by that. Love is a command. It's a verb. I love my wife. Do I know she loves me? Yes, I do. How do I know that? Because she tells me. Why does she loves me? love me? Excuse me. Because I love her. Pastor Rick talked about, I'm not going to go to the reciprocal guy thing again. I got slapped for that at lunch. But um, Not by my wife, by the way. She thought it was funny, but my cousin Daryl slapped me for it. Um, but all in all, I, I started one day loving my wife. I thought, why did God give me this woman who's this, ma, ma, ma? Why'd God do that? <laughs> That's her. And then he answered me. See, the funny thing about it is when you go, God, why? He'll tell you. How will he tell you? Right here, through his word. But he told me. He goes, hey, she's submitting to you, pal. She's following you right down the road. You're leading her down. And where was that? Selfishness, fighting for time on my own. When am I going to get any time on my own? I got school, I got ballet class, I got this, I got dinners, I got work. I, you know, what am I going to do? When do I get my time? She was following me right down that road. <laughs> right down that road. So God gave it to me in the word and in worship and in fellowship with God. Jesus died so we can talk to God anytime we want to. The old days, they had to go through the temple and go to the Holy of Holies and go through the rituals because they had to do this. Jesus said, no more. The curtain's torn down. Talk to God whenever you want. I'm there for you. It's okay. Through me, you can talk to him right now, right here in this chair, in your car on the way home, at the gas station, the red light. You can talk to him anytime, and he'll talk back. So he told me, hey, start loving her, man. You don't love her? I gave you the wife that's perfect for you, idiot. I gave you the wife perfect for you. You're blowing it, complaining about her. I told you how to make her what she's supposed to be. Wash her by the water of the word and love her as my son loved you. I'm going to conclude with one last thing before we pray. I have, I've had people in my life, and you as Christians probably have too, possibly had someone say something to you along the lines of this. I'm glad you have the God thing, man. I'm glad that you need that, and that's great. Everybody believes what they want to believe. Hey, it's cool. No flyers or anything, right? You've all had that in some way, shape, or form. You need that. That's great. You know, good for you. The perception is that the weak need Christ. It's true. The misconception is that we're all weak. Some people just pretend they're not. However, look at this. You guys tell me, here's the scale. What's harder, guys? And this is, this is strictly for the guys at this point because I don't know what it's like to be a girl, so I, I can't do that. But I do know what it's like to be a guy and a single guy in Orange County. What's harder? What takes more of a man? What takes more strength? What's more macho? Being loyal to your wife, loving her, supporting your family, spending time with your children, fighting the world's attacks against you when you want to go to church, when you want to go to Bible study, 
when you want to do the things that we're told to do that will grow and bring fruit from the Spirit in you, is that easier or is it easier to hang around the edge of the bar and wait for the girl that's stumbling out at the end and get something going with her? Where's the real man on that scale is what I want to know. And when did we get to the point as a society that a real man has lots of chicks, dude? You know? That's a cop-out. It's so easy. It's so easy. Look at all your Playboy movie stars. I mean, they end up so unhappy because you can do it over and over and all of a sudden you go, you know what, it's, just, it's, not, even, it's not even hard anymore. When I was younger, I used to, to play in a rock and roll band and David Lee Roth was the big man on campus when I was younger. And David Lee Roth was, hey, 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 he had so many women. He broadcast how he would had a, had a crew of guys that would go to the concerts and he'd get on the radio and go, yeah, row seven, red t-shirt, wow, you know. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Is there any challenge to that? Catching a goldfish out of your bowl? Here, here, get that, you know, <laughs> take a bite. There's no challenge in that. It gets to the point to where that is the easy part. So I would just like for you guys to go away with this. If I leave you with anything, love your wives, wash her daily with the word. But on top of that, understand what it truly means to be a real man and the importance of what the decisions you are making today will have on the future. I mentioned earlier, and for those of you that weren't here first thing this morning, my great-grandfather, as we were doing our, our, our family tree, I noticed that he's been responsible for 50 people. In a, in a, in a short period of time. So those of you here today, I don't know how many of you are sitting here today, but that probably works out mathematically too over the course of the next 100, 125 years, 10,000 people you're going to affect by the decisions you're making right now. Your children and their children and their children, they get married and they have sisters and their children. I mean, it just goes. How did, how did God populate the world so quickly after the flood? People say, I don't know if I believe that. Do the math, it's simple. <laughs> people, people populate and compound and multiply. So my point is, is the decision you're going to make right now, it's not just you. It's not just you. Kids do what they see, not what they hear. So I would just ask all of you now, if you go away with anything from here, take the gift I was given that I want to offer to you, that I truly love my wife. And the reason I love my wife is God said, if you want to love your wife, love your wife, then I'll let you love your wife. And I love my wife. Let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you once again. Once again, I'm just in awe, Lord. Thank you for the gift of loving my wife. Thank you for my children, my family, Lord. Thank you for realizing that I can break the chain of my legacy. Thank you for all these people here today, Lord. I pray that your spirit will work through your word today, penetrate their hearts and open their eyes, remove the scales from their eyes, Father, that they might just see that they have choices, that they have abilities you've given them, authorities you've given them in Christ Jesus that they can make changes, that they don't have to wait or beg, that they can start today, Father, loving their wives, loving their husbands,
and understanding that by submitting to you and following you, Lord, you will only give them every good thing. And Lord, as we await so anxiously for you to come for us today, we ask that between now and that day, that you will keep us close to you, fill us overflowing fresh daily with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and help us to keep our eyes on your kingdom that you are preparing for us, and that we might all be just lampstands for the light that you are through our lives. And I pray this, Lord, with just... We're just so thankful, Father. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Very good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that study today uh, entitled Love Your Wife. Lots of rich uh, information there to dig into, to pray through, and to meditate on on a regular basis. So uh, thanks for listening. Today's uh, episode brought to you by Montana Shadow Foundation, montanafoundation.com for more information and to donate generously. Thanks for listening to the Not the Christ podcast. And as always, I'm your host, and I'm not the Christ. I'll see you next time.